What about your situation, Sol? Will you be staying at Tottenham? I'm staying. Hello, Sol Campbell is a hero. Um, so yeah, on this we got this week's podcast. Um, we're going to discuss Spurs and Arsenal season expectations after last week, where we talked about the rest of the league and how we thought they were going to do. But we're back to Arsenal and Spurs again, and how who's going to finish where and what we want to see from both clubs. Um, we're also going to do a combined Spurs and Arsenal eleven. Um, if Spurs and Arsenal were to merge, who would get into that first team? God forbid that should ever happen. Um, but first, we're going to talk about um, the latest transfer news and stuff. And well, Arsenal, since since we last talked about them, have made three signings: Sebalos, Saliba, and the club record Nicolas Pepe, getting twenty-two goals and eleven assists in the Ligue 1. Um And he kind of teams up with these other French Ligue 1 based Arsenal players in recent history. So even though Wenger's gone. His philosophies still are still there, uh, and so that's going to be his good front three next year. Would, would that be his philosophy of not playing English youngsters? Would that would that be it, or, or of, of signing random random youngsters from the French league? It's just a theme that Wenger had, where he brought a lot of people. He he had the knowledge of the French league, and it seems that even though he's gone, Arsenal still brought in him, still, still brought in Pepe and Saliba, and we're still bringing in these French players based just off the clubs philosophies mm-hmm. um, but I think next season Pepe, Aubameyang, Lacazette as a front three will be the scariest front three in the league to face so we so also have made three signings since so now this is our that's four signings in the transfer so far um, we have been apparently it's very close now the Kieran Tierney deal he is injured supposedly for the next couple of weeks however um, I don't know if that's true if they're just trying to push it off but um, Tierney looks like it could be happening, and and um, Celtic have already found a replacement for him in Rico Henry from Bournemouth. So it looks like if Arsenal kind of just cough up that extra few million, that could happen. We've already started funding it with three sales so far. Bielik ten million to Derby, which is kind of a player who had a decent under twenty one tournament for Poland. And he could be the next basic. I think he's basically going to be the next Serge Gnabry, where yeah, he was not good enough at the time right now for Arsenal, but he has the potential. But you might as well just cash in right now, get the money, and fund other players. I, I, I saw on on Twitter about some some Arsenal fans who were saying that they hope um, they have a, a buyback clause in, of sorts in his contract in case he becomes good, um, because it's, it has sort of backfired. Like with the example of, of Serge Gnabry and, and with other clubs who have done similar stuff as well. But. It's a recent tradition of players being sold cheaply as their youngsters because they're not good enough. But I think so. I think he could be one of those players. Um, he is he is sort of a centre back slash defensive midfielder. So I don't know why Arsenal have sold him because he could have played there, but clearly they don't think he's good enough. Um, and then we made a couple of other sales for like a few the, million the, more. The, the the phrase "beggars can't be judges" comes comes to mind. I can't really think why. Well, it's funny because the other players that we're looking to sell on both Mustafi and Koscielny looks like he's on his way out because two clubs are now in talks to them. So we are selling all our defenders, but I think there's a reason why I think the defenders are being sold. I think you should, you should sell in the, in the positions that you're strongest, strongest in because when, when you can afford to let players go... Well, when, they're, when, you, when your defenders are so weak anyway, it's not like they're going to go... You're not, you're not downgrading that much. Uh, you, you may as well play without any defenders when, when you're playing with Mustafi. He's, 
he helps the other team, I guess. But so, but but apparently, um, Monaco are interested in him, and in, and also valued him at thirty million euros. Mm-hmm. Which, if that happened, Rousinelli deserves a statue right now outside the Emirates. Because... I, I, I think I think Monaco have been watching YouTube highlights too much. Well, all... I'll be honest, I watched some YouTube highlights the other day and it, all it was was just him constantly falling over and letting the other team through. So I really don't think they have been watching YouTube highlights. <laughs> I just swear, he's, he's fallen down more times and he's probably made a tackle for Arsenal. Maybe, maybe, maybe they found some, some short clip where, where he scored once and they thought, oh, he looks good. Maybe, maybe he's a, he's a, a Vlad Kirikes-esque signing for Monaco. I think Arsenal will take pretty much anything above ten million for him, mm-hmm. um, which is, to be fair, is probably his actual value in I mean, uh, in the old market. I I, I remember the the, uh, the days when uh, Mustafi was going to be the next, then Nemanja Vidic. That, that those those great headlines from when he first signed for Arsenal. But how how, uh, how times have changed for Mustafi. So him and Koscielny look like they're both on the way out, or hopefully both on their way out. Koscielny is not now the captain. I think. Emery's pretty much said even if he stays he's not going to be the captain um, Jacob was captain of the night but um, Ozil was captain who else has been captain of Arsenal that, that, that's going to leave or, or shouldn't have been captain basically well no um, Emery just hasn't announced the official captain according to Xhaka he did he said that he had the, Emery hasn't chosen the captain yet but it will pro- it will hopefully be Rob Holding because 21 yeah but it, sh- it, it he'll well, hopefully show leadership. I think either Holding or Lacazette deserve the captaincy, just based on how they're... Because we're not talking... When it comes to captaincy, it's not about football talent. It's about your ability to lead a team. Yeah, and I think both those players... Can Lacazette even speak fluent English? Lacazette can speak proper English. He, okay. There was a lovely video of him him being the translator for Nicolas Pepe when he oh, came in for his medical. He, he was the translator. I thought that was quite a t- clever team bonding... Exercise there. He's, he's, he's only been at the club for for two years. I still think his just his mentality on the pitch. He shows that he cares. He shows I he's he was, I think he was captain at, at Lyon for, for parts. I, I could be wrong about that, but I think he was. I think so. It does seem that that would have been the case. Arsenal, Arsenal are a bit. Sh- I, I don't know who. Was that. No, none of those players really stand stand out to me as, as captain uh, material. But I don't know. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. Hopefully I don't. Hopefully Arsenal collapse this year again. Well, both have like stereotypes against them as captains. As a striker can't be a captain; it has to be a defender. A striker, a striker oh yeah, but they have stereotypes. A striker can be captain, and I think it, I, I think there's no way you can't say a striker can be captain. Harry Kane, but in the past, captain, in the past, people do say, "Oh, defenders are captains; they're the leaders." But I think that's not true. And then Rob Holding, oh, he's too young to be a captain. Which again, I think yeah, I get, I get, I get the thought behind it because he hasn't has the experience. But you look, Harry Kane got his captaincy at what age for England and Spurs? So he hasn't been captain officially captain for Spurs. He probably will be, but he's captain for England. I think twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, so I don't think twenty one. That Rob, Rob I guess he's young, but and he, hasn't, and he hasn't even played a full season at Arsenal's. Has he played full season in Arsenal's first team? Not really. He would have had last year, but he got injured. So, so he's, he hasn't played a full season for in, in Arsenal's back. I still ball. think a young, a... a young English who comes across as a leader could be, could be, should be at least given the choice. That, look, there isn't many players to choose from Arsenal right now for captaincy because the team is quite new. Because also mentally weak, and shown like at the end of last season that they, they, they bottle big occasions. Um, so you're not going to have many candidates for captain in a team that, that collapsed when, when, when everything really really mattered at the end of the season. Well, it seemed like since the last couple of years of Wenger that none of the teams seemed to be focusing that well, um, and that became a real issue. 
because none of their players developed the way they should have. And last year, some players did. But um, I think that's kind of where where choosing a captain has to come into the thought. It's who's going to develop right rather than who is right now the best leader. But other than that, so that's the Arsenal news. We had a bid. We, we have, even though we're selling centre-backs, we are looking to bring in centre-backs. And there's been talks of the Juve... Regani. Regani coming in, the Juve director of football or something, has flown over to London and they're having discussions there. I don't know if it's a loan deal or not. I think it's an f- official transfer fee. And then we had a bid rejected today of £55 million for Deo Impermencano from RB Leipzig, who's quite a young French um, centre-back. But, uh, I think... There was 11 centre-backs on Arsenal's radar the other day, according to Emery. And I think if we bring in Tierney in a centre-back, it will be the best transfer window Arsenal have had in, in, in God knows how long. But I do think that relies slightly on sales of the likes of Koscielny and possibly Mustafi as well. So, yeah, so these are the Arsenal transfers. So what's the Tottenham news? Um, well, we've... <laughs> there isn't much in terms of signings. There's been lots of, lots of rumours and links different players we signed in Dombley obviously at the beginning of the window um, but there has there's been it's been all transfer rumours and, and this guy on Twitter, on, on, on Twitter says this and, and the other guy says the complete opposite uh, with, with yesterday with uh, Celso within within minutes of the, the op- completely opposite reports were being reported one uh, person said that the deal has been agreed and, and finalised and he's going to come to Tottenham tomorrow or whatever um, and the other was was the n- negotiations are off it's not happening I don't know what's I don't know what's going to happen with with that with that deal. Um, we've been supposedly Ryan Sessegnon. Um, it looks like it could happen. Highly likely, around thirty million plus Josh Onama. For it seems like we're overpaying a little bit, in my opinion. Sessegnon felt it relied on Rose leaving, and Rose is, it hasn't left right now. Yeah, I, I think that the, I think today there was a video of uh, AJ Tracy at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and supposedly he's friends with Ryan Sessegnon. So people people think that that could mean that he, either he's either he's doing the the announcement videos for for Sessignon, but realistically he's probably doing the, the third kit announcement video. For our elderly audience, AJ Tracy is a British grime slash rapper. Um, for those who don't know, and, and a Tottenham and a Spurs fan. fan. Yeah, but um, it seems like Spurs to get any new signings would rely on some players leaving right now. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I I hope. I mean, I, I, lots of lots of players that have been that have were were basically transfer listed, like such as Danny Rose, um, and and George Kevin and Kudu, um, have not left the club, which some people think has led to Poch being frustrated at, at the transfer activity of players he wanted out of the club, haven't left the club, um, and and, and Alvarado as well. I, I don't think he wanted him out of the squad, but he had a twenty five million pound release clause. Supposedly, again, though, it's very confusing because teams then spent millions on millions, millions more on more. Yeah, I, I don't know how, how a single team in the world didn't want to get Toby Alderweireld for twenty five million. Just seems insane. Considering um, Man United just broke the record of the most million? expensive defender ever, eighty million. And, and I mean, Alderweireld is, is is years and years ahead of uh, Maguire as a footballer. And United you know were wanting Alderweireld. They weren't for the last year, but maybe different new managers didn't want. Maybe Mourinho didn't didn't want him. Um, maybe maybe Mourinho wanted him, and, and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer didn't want him. Um, the only thing that you could think of with teams are waiting for the end of this season, and then they're hoping to just get him on a free. Yeah, and similar with with Eriksson and and Vertonghen, whose contracts also expire at the end of the season. Um, personally, I think they will. Um, they will sign new contracts. Um, 
but it is always a possibility that they go on a free to Arsenal um, and, <laughs> well, and, and sell their soul. It, it's happened before. <laughs> so th- this whole window has been pretty much under, under the theme of um, some Spurs fans tweeting hashtag backpotch. Um, and I mean, they've got a point because Poch hasn't, Pochettino hasn't really been back, backed to the extent that he wanted to be by Daniel Levy. Um, and I think that Pochettino has not been appreciated as the, the God-sent gift that he is to Tottenham Hotspur. Um, and, and yeah, I think, you, I think we need to make transfers within the next few days of the, win- next of the window. Um, How much do you love Pochettino? So much, so much. I, I'd, I'd honestly be so upset if he left the club. And if it was because Daniel Levy, of Daniel Levy's um, not spending, like there would be rioting on the street of Tottenham. And, and that, that's happened before. That's not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but of course, I mean, I mean, Pochettino has has brought trophies back back to Tottenham Hotspur. He has bought the the prestigious, probably the most, the, I'd say that the biggest European Cup, the Audi Cup, Audi Cup winners twenty nineteen, where they beat the likes of Real Madrid, the the, the thirteen time European champions. It was a difficult run to the Munich. final, wasn't it? Yeah, we played some played some tough teams. <laughs> I think it's absolutely huge, huge, huge day for Tottenham Hotspur. I mean, personally, I was in tears at the final whistle when or when when uh, when Paolo Gazzini Paolo saved that penalty from Jerome Boateng. One of the best moments of my of my footballing life. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we won we won the Audi Cup, and that's just it's just, just amazing. I, I I I just keep saying how many how many how many Audi Cups have Arsenal won? Zero. How many I... Audi Cups have Liverpool won? Zero. Man City, United, all of them. They, they don't match the, the prestige of Tottenham Hotspur. And, and Pochino said if he wins the Audi Cup, he's, he's thinking about leaving now because what else can he do? Honestly, football peaks at that. After, I, mean, I think it goes down as the greatest team in history. If you think about it, right? how many trophies have Real Madrid won this season? Zero. Thought so. How many, what, how many have, have Bayern Munich won this season? Zero. How many have. have um, Man United, Man City, sorry, not Man City, Man United, <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea, how many have they won this season? Chelsea won a cup. Well, that doesn't count, it's not a proper trophy. <laughs> oh, so after the high of the Audi Cup, we've now got to come down to the regular season. The, questions are for, the question for Spurs this year is, that, is are they going to go, for, go, go just for top four um, and maybe an FA Cup? Or are they going to seriously invest within the next few days um, and challenge for the title because I, I personally feel that they are on the, the team that are on the edge of um, of of being a top club, a top club in the Premier League over a season. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that with the next with the right signings over the next few days, which are unlikely to happen. Well, the only thing I think Spurs have different to the likes of Man City and Liverpool right now, because Spurs definitely have a better first team than the likes of Man United and Chelsea. I think the only difference is Spurs is they don't have the same depth as the top two. And Liverpool, we discussed, they, I mean, didn't, they don't have so much depth. depth. But City's got depth. Liverpool still have a bit more depth, I think, than Spurs do. Um, I think City just outshine everyone. And I think that's why people have just... Out, outspend everyone. Again, that's football, though. Yeah, but they, I mean, yeah, it's true. They, 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 have a, they have a bigger squad, but they've been able... To, they're, they're just signing another right-back when they've got Cole Walker right-back already. They're signing Cancelo. They bought, they bought Danilo however long ago, and now they're just moving him on now. Okay, but City, so City this window they haven't spent as much. They have spent sixty million on midfielder Rodri, on Rodri, yeah. and they have spent a bit. But 
I feel like City, they don't work the same way other clubs do. You see, other no, clubs will go through a list of players of who they want, and I suppose Arsenal especially. Arsenal and Spurs will have a whole list, and we'll have to like see which one can we get the best value for money, basically. Whereas Man City go, if we want this player, we'll just pay you whatever for him. There's no real negotiations. Man, Man, Man City are effectively Matt Lucas. Sorry, didn't to mention him. They look at a list of players. They go, oh, that one, <laughs> and, and they get him. <laughs> then you, you've got the Premier League trying to explain, but. But you can't do that. You've got financial fair play rules. We asked them. They also, they also want the same players. We asked them Spurs. They also want these list of players. They just don't pick. They don't get to... Spurs have to... Oh, Spurs and Arsenal literally have to spend ages on negotiations. You saw every Arsenal and Spurs transfer so far this window took weeks and weeks to, to negotiate. Yeah? Spurs literally, since the beginning of the window, have been linked to Lo Celso and Sassion. Mm-hmm. And, and Le- 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 Levy's been haggling away the whole window trying to get the best price for Lo Celso. And it looks like he's, he's haggled for too long and they don't need to sell him anymore. Um, that, that, that is the state that other clubs are in. Whereas, yeah, Man City... I, guess, I don't see Spurs anyway. being able to challenge Man City this year, even... I don't know about that, though. Okay, okay but I'm saying Man City will probably walk it. If you think about it, Liverpool got, got seriously, seriously close last year. And I don't think Liverpool are, are significantly better than Tottenham. I really don't. Like, the, if you think, I, I know that, that that's. A... But, but Liverpool had a most insane season ever, yeah. and and they still couldn't top Man City. Yeah, but I, I don't. People people make a mistake of of, of thinking that, that every season the, the trends of last year will continue. So like when when you ask someone at the end of, end of a season who do you think someone win the league next year, it's almost always the champions of of, the, of that year. So when you ask, I mean, it, it turned out to be true with, with Man City this year, but it usually. It usually is not true that the teams the teams don't continue on the same trend. I think that, that well, the Premier League Liverpool though is in threat. Be, the Premier League will, will not be. Let's say Liverpool will not be the same as they were last year anywhere near. I think. So I think Spurs have got a chance if they make the right signings. The Premier League though is in threat of being like the Bundesliga and Liga, and where it's just one team that walks away with it every year because other teams because everyone else can't keep up with Man City right now. They just spend and spend and spend, and they're miles ahead. So the Premier League, I think, is in big threat of that happening. But back to Spurs. Back to Spurs, um, of course. I think it's it's important though. Even if you're saying Spurs need signings, it's important they win a trophy this season. I I, I don't know. I I think it'd be great. I would love for Spurs to win a trophy. But the biggest reason I'd love for Spurs to win a trophy is that they can effectively banter Arsenal fans and and Chelsea fans into. No, that they I don't can't think that's true. I don't think that winning an FA Cup is Spurs' goal this year. I think it would be, be great if we do. And I'd enjoy a lovely day out to Wembley because we've had, we haven't had, had enough of those yet. Um, but I, yeah, I, I don't think that that's the season ambition at all. Uh, the season ambition would be to challenge for the league um, and make a serious challenge for the league, um, and possibly and go far enough in the Champions League um, to may possibly win it. Maybe but. I think I think the only reason why I say that is because of the expiring contracts, and I think winning a trophy is very important for these players, um, just because that's kind of how footballers work. They want to win trophies. Uh, I get that you say, oh, they need one fish. They want to be in the Champions League side, but they also want to win. If you assume, if, if if you assume the Spurs finish second next year and get to the Champions League final again, I think the Spurs Spurs players would rather be in that position than a team that finishes sixth and wins win the FA Cup. Okay, but if if we're just saying, what would you rather than just top four or a trophy? For these players, finishing fourth or winning a trophy, who knows what means more to them? I think it'd be interesting to hear from other Spurs fans what they think about. Do they would they rather win a trophy this season or would they rather just finish fourth? Um, I get I get I understand you don't pick and choose and, and all that and obviously you suppose do want a challenge, but 
Is a trophy just as important as finishing in the top four this year for Spurs? Um, no. In terms of, I mean, I'd, I'd love to, to like say that it is, and it, it's not, though. In terms of financial stability, stability for the club, the money you get from winning the FA Cup, I think it's 35 million. The money you get from finishing top four is hundreds of millions. Right? It's significantly high. If you if you were to prioritise winning an FA Cup, um, which I don't think we should do, if we win an FA Cup as well as finishing top four, that's nice. Um, but we should, no way should prioritise uh, the, the the cup competitions. I think it would be incredibly short sighted, um, and would not lead to long term success for our club. It, it would be a big mistake. Um, Arsenal, on the other hand, they I'd say I, I, I don't want to say they have similar aims to Spurs, but the aim is to get back into the top four and also to into the Champions League next year. Um, obviously, finishing first and third or fourth. Um, or or winning Europa League again. However, last year I was focused on Europa League, and it didn't work. Well, I don't say they focused on Europa League, but I think Arsenal clearly towards the end there, it was we've it's, it's done. We've got it. We've either got top four or Europa League, and obviously you get to the final, and who knows what can happen. Yeah, um, I mean, you 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 could get battered by Chelsea. I mean that that happens to everyone in a final. Um, so I think I think Emery's aim this year will be to get into that top four. I'd like to. I I know it's funny how I've just been saying Spurs focus on winning a trophy, but I think for Arsenal, I'd rather see us um, just be just comfortably walk into the top four this year, get a couple of points over everyone else. Um, I think Arsenal, however however Spurs want to put it, I think Arsenal are probably the favourites to finish top four um, ahead of United and Chelsea. Um, and I personally think Arsenal will finish above Spurs this year, um, <laughs> just because it's just uh, I don't see like you're saying trends aren't a thing, and but you're trying to say to me that trends yes Spurs will just finish above Arsenal. Trend. Now. It's not a trend. It's that Spurs are levels above levels above Arsenal as a football club. I don't. I don't think I you bet. can say that. I don't I, think like, levels above. Up. For just like you think Spurs are not that far behind Liverpool, I think Arsenal aren't that far far behind Spurs. No, I think that the 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 comparison with Liverpool is justified because. A year ago, Liverpool were we were better than Liverpool. I mean, they were better than Liverpool. I with with one season, I don't think they become better than us. Spurs have been consistently better than Arsenal for over five years, I'd say. As we've been better than you, um, and really, and really, like even the seasons with in 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 the 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 season where we finished third in a two horse race, two horse race. In that season, we were better than Arsenal. Right? Um, I think it's been it's been a trend happening for a long time that Spurs have been getting better than Arsenal. Um, and they are now comfortably better than Arsenal. Whereas Arsenal's, it would be a huge success for Arsenal if they finish ahead of Tottenham this year. It would be. Well, I think maybe. Meh, I, meh I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't say it would be a huge success if we finished fifth and Spurs finished sixth. That's true. I think it would be a success because we'd get that top four and we'd finish well Spurs. It'd be like a nice extra, as I, you were I saying, with the trophy. If, 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 Arsenal, if Spurs did, did finish sixth and, and Arsenal finished fifth, I think that, that would be considered, be considered a, a successful campaign, I think. I would. <laughs> I think you'd like to think that, but it's really not true. Um, but I think this season for Emery, he's, he's got that opportunity to win a, his first title trophy. I think this season's quite big for him because he could be out if he doesn't finish top four or get into the Champions League next year. And you might say, oh, it's a bit premature, but it's difficult. We need someone that can come in and get guarantee our top four so we can improve. And, if two years in a row, I don't know how long he's you give a manager. Worker. He's not a miracle worker. He can't do impossible things. Okay, but I think if Arsenal, Arsenal, that's his whole. The whole point is you're supposed to give someone stuff to work with, and 
I think that's the whole point of the manager coming in because Wenger did it for years straight, even with teams that shouldn't have been making. It's with teams that shouldn't have been getting into that top four. Wenger consistently did it, so I know it's very hard to find another Arsene Wenger. Uh, I still think you want someone that, even with a mediocre, well, not we say mediocre, a team that isn't probably top four quality. Although I think the team with the defenders are, um, even then, right now. They, you still want to be getting them into the top four, and I think Emery needs to prove that this year he could be out, along with Solskjaer and... Not, not Lampard, Lampard is different. Fine, Lampard, other than Lampard, but I think Solskjaer and Pochettino as well. Obviously Spurs, you're saying they will finish top four, yeah. but if Spurs finish outside the top four, I don't see Pochettino wanting he, to stay again. He will, yeah, he will probably leave if that happens. But um, I personally, I, I can't wait for the Emery out campaign to start towards the end of the season when, you, when, it's, when you're not going to finish top four. And you're gonna have what what's the 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 guy with the the microphone, the the blonde hair guy? Heavy D. Heavy D. Anyway Anyway, I think this year is gonna be big for a couple of managers and Emery especially. So I think Arsenal's current expectations I think is get into the Champions League one way or another. Um I think with a defender and a left back, centre back and a left back, I think minimum expectation for Emery to keep his job will be finishing that top four. Um, I think if he gets in Europa League, he'll get a cop out. But I think it will be, with two signings, we need to finish top four this year. And again, I think as a mini battle on the side, even though you don't want to admit it, there will be that Spurs versus Arsenal who will finish higher again. Um, even though you don't want to admit that's important for Spurs. It's not really a battle, it's more, it's pretty much like... Decided at the start of the season right now. All but decided. Again, they said that last year and it, it, got, it came down to the wire. Even with... I know you're saying, oh, we'd injured. It did yeah, come down to the wire. I, I don't think that the whole thing about one point and all that. I was only one point that Arsenal were on that far away from Tottenham. There was so many reasons why I suppose... But you're saying in, in but, but you're saying that it won't happen again, but who knows what could happen in a season. It, 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 each year is completely different. Chelsea, I, 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 Chelsea, five games for the end of the season. We're not finishing sixth. I think and they I think, somehow came into third. I, think I can pretty, pretty uh, solidly say that Spurs are not going to be uh, playing two thirds of their, of their season away from home unless our stadium gets nuked or something like that. Um, I've, lots of the lots of the situations that led to the uh, collapse at the, at the end of last year um, were unique to last year. That is World a good Cup. idea, actually. Nuking the stadium. Nuking the stadium. I might actually write that down. <laughs> Jealous. But I think it's going to be good to watch the opening few games of Arsenal and Spurs to see how both teams perform. Because Spurs are going to be in that new stadium, and and but they do have injuries to deal with and still. It, it, it's so beautiful, isn't it? It's amazing. Just amazing. it's not the Emirates, but but even though they have got the supposedly people call it nice new stadium, I think Spurs still have it's, got. It's, it's, I, think, I think it's pronounced work of art. Yeah, but art is anything nowadays. Um... Uh, they do have Spurs still have injuries to contend with, don't they? Um, they do have at the start of the season. Um, Deli Ali will be out. He, he Pochettino announced that in, uh, in the, after a conference, press conference in the, in the intergame yesterday. Deli Ali will miss the start of the season. Juan Foyth got injured against Bayern Munich in the uh, amazing night that was the, the win of the Audi Cup. Um, but we will probably not have a, a solid right back at the start of the season with Cole Peters expected to play at right back. Unless we sign someone on by Thursday. Because Aurier had that horrific injury, didn't he? Aurier injured his hand celebrating at the African Cup of Nations. Um, and even though he was knocked out, I think, in the quarters or something like that. But I, I don't even know. <laughs> it's it's unbelievable. But we, we, yeah, we, we, uh, we, we also got Sonny suspended for the first two games of the season because of their uh, red card against Bournemouth last year. 
both Foyth and Son got sent off within, uh, I think it was minutes of each other. It was a horrific game that was. Um, yeah, so Spurs will start the season with injuries already. We've had Eric Dyer also out, but not a big deal. Uh, but but what? A few injuries, but, but not, not, not to the level of, of last year, I think. Um, and then with Spurs opening games, though, how do you see that going? Um, I don't think there will be a problem because we're not playing any hard teams. Um, I think we've got I think easy teams. I think we've got um, Villa, Newcastle, um, Palace, Woolwich. All, all pretty much. Easy. Should we should win those games? Pretty from the first four games. How do you speak? How many points is Spurs getting? Spurs have got Villa at home, Man City away, Newcastle at home, and Arsenal away. I'm expecting nine points minimum. Minimum nine. Not sad. I don't, I don't want to lose the derby. And I think we could get. I think we could get a point at Man City. I don't know that about that. Okay, yeah. so you're saying a minimum nine, but um, so Spurs have got a okay start. They have got two top six teams to start off their first one, four one, games. One top six team and and, and a and a top seven team. Um, that's harsh. Man City aren't that bad. <laughs> um, Arsenal on the land, we've got um and a difficult away trip to Newcastle, um and then. Um, Burnley at home, Liverpool away, and then obviously Spurs are at home. Uh, I think I would be expecting seven points probably from that. I think low expectations. Only, only no, no. seven points. I think it'd be difficult to get a win against Newcastle, and and Liverpool. Liverpool's not the easy, and Anfield's not easy. And everyone knows Anfield's not an easy place to go. Other than that, easy. But this mm. will be interesting. I think the first September will be really interesting because it could define the season. Really, I know. I know it's a bit early to call it, but it could really define the season if 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 either team wins it. It would just be whoever wins it. It'd be boring. I the one thing no one wants to see is a draw there, mm. just because it's, it's happened a few times recently. It's just like well, that doesn't help us at all, does it? Yeah. Um, so I think Spurs and Arsenal starts that first September could be interesting. However, to end the season as well, Arsenal have got Liverpool and Spurs again. Yeah, the, the, it's four games, the derby, second derby is four games from, from the end of the season, yeah. the first one's four games from the so, start. I, I, um, however much you want Spurs to be ahead and however much I want Arsenal to be ahead at the time, it would be good to see that game being like a defining game. for like Maybe as, as a neutral, but I, I'm not a neutral. I, I think just from a from an entertainment point of view. I think I think from but 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 by four games before the end of the season, it'll be, top four will be wrapped up wrapped up comfortably comfortably for Tottenham. And, the, the, the derby would just be and Arsenal another. have won the league so yeah <laughs> I think I think it's quite simple really that it would just be for fun won't it mm-hmm. you're basically a friendly game um, but, I, but how has Spurs has entered that season um, Spurs has entered the season um, Spurs is, yeah Spurs has entered the season they've got Newcastle uh, Leicester and Palace um, two, and they're playing two games away from home though so I don't, maybe I don't know that that, that might and, and, and to be fair, both Newcastle and Palace could be battling it out for relegation at the time. It's true. I mean, you, you, you. I, I guess you're going back on last, last week's prediction of Newcastle being. No, in the top I still 10. think Newcastle finished top ten. So maybe Newcastle battling out for top ten at the time. But still, it was a surprise prediction that Newcastle would finish top ten. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's not the however easy you want to say it is. It could not be. It might not be the easiest end. So we're now going to look at what happened if Spurs and Arsenal combined a team together to build a f- first team. Um, we obviously got a different opinion on who should make it. Um, we've agreed on a 4-3-3 formation. Um, so let's start off, go through the team. So in goal, 
We disagree. I think Leno... Breaking news. I think Leno is the better keeper. Well, you're wrong. Um, reality disagrees with you as well, which is nice for me. Um, the Just a little bit of, of statistical information for you. Hugo Lloris it has the best saving uh, the best save success rate in the premier league in 2019 um he has he's at 79.4% which is above edison who's in third and fabianski's in second somehow um hugo Lloris is the um, world cup winning captain um and had a big part in winning the world cup for france um other than when he messed up in the final but they mentioned that um he I, he made he's made mistakes recently but I think over the over the, his how eight years I'm at Tottenham, he's proven himself to be one of the best goalkeepers in the world, um, and people really underrate him in my opinion. And I think he's comfortably better than Leno. The, the, the debate is whether he's better than or as good as better, better than uh, Edison and Allison, in my opinion. I think over the past few years though, he has dropped off as the best Premier League goalkeepers because he was up there a couple of years ago, and then kind of the last few years he had an injury and dropped off. But I think Leno. Showed last year. I think it's a bit. It's can, a bit harsh on him. You can, you can say that Leno might be, but you don't know. Who yeah, is. I think it's unfair on Leno right now because he's not had the best defense to help him out, and I think that plays a big part because um, he made he did make more saves than Maurice, and he probably he made he made a, more saves than most goalkeepers because yeah, Man fair. City player. Because yeah, he has more, more saves to make. He has right? more saves to make because of the defense, um, but um, his percentage is very close to Maurice. There's only three percent in it, um, on the safe success rate in the whole of the last season, and I think it's just it's a bit it's just a bit difficult to compare two goalkeepers. Well, you have to you have to think of, of the, the saves specifically that Hugo Lloris has made for Spurs. He saved the penalty against against Sergio Aguero, that effectively kept kept us in the tie um, against um, against Man City and went on the four three game. Um, but he he's and he's made so many so many big saves in big games. That have kept us in the game, and, and he, I would say, like the people say about the, the, this goalkeeper is a ten point season or some of like that for for the goalkeeper. I think Norris is up there. Um, he he's made, he makes mistakes recently, um, but I I think he's yeah he's definitely one of the one of the best in the world, um, and definitely better than Leno. Yeah. I think I think it's just it's just it's just weird with goalkeepers because people say De Gea yeah is the best in the league, but I'm I'm saying last season De Gea had one more clean sheet than Leno, he conceded twelve more goals. He did make more saves, but again, it's just a matter of who you put in defence to help you out. So it's really hard to defend goalkeepers to to, to compare goalkeepers because of it. The defence plays such a big role on that, and how good the defenders are. But since we're talking about the defence, why don't we move on? Let's talk about our the, the right back, the starting right back. Um, we both agreed here. Um, Bellerin is clearly the best right back. I, I, I should I should I should um, specify that this is only because Spurs do not have currently. A functioning right back, unless you include Carl Walker-Peters. Um, but we both agreed that Bellerin is the starting right back. Um, then the centre backs, we also both agreed on. Well, yeah. I think it's not hard to say Vertonghen and Alderweireld are better. Yeah, I, think than... I think they're probably the best defensive partnership in the season in the, in the league. I'd say. I don't know who who'd get near because Liverpool haven't really got a second solid centre back. I think I think Joe Gomez could be if he hasn't a full season yet. Um, City, though, City have got Laporte and Stones. City have got so many players, though. Yeah, but in, in, in terms of centre backs alone, they've got Laporte. Laporte's good. Stones is a liability sometimes, we learn in, in the Nations League. Um, but the thing about City and Liverpool is 
Their defense as a whole, though, just plays much better than everyone. Yeah, I think as 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 a, as a, as a centre back partnership, Toby and Yan are the best in the league. Um, and yeah, I think anyone who, who but if we're just talking at individual positions here, we're saying Adivaro gets yeah. in, and then Vertonghen gets in as the other one. Yeah, of course. Um, who who's the better of the two? Up for debate. I don't, I don't know about that. I I don't really know. Like, I mean, it, it's 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 like choosing a favorite child, in my opinion. I don't like to pick Toby or Yan. But everyone's got one. I don't I haven't really got one. I I don't know. I think I think Toby sometimes appears more um more efficient. Toby sometimes appears more um more yeah more efficient and and looks more smooth as a player than than Yan does. Um, but I think they're they're both phenomenal defenders, and it would be a tragedy if either of them were to leave the club, as their contracts both do expire at the end of the year. Obviously, obviously it's hard right now. I could say holding, but again, he's not played yet. He yeah. could be, but he obviously isn't. Now we move on to left back, where, as it stands, Danny Rose is better than Klasenac. Mm-hmm. However, if I was to sign Tierney, and I think we will, I think I would say Tierney over Rose now. I, I don't think so. I would say Rose because of I think of the, the last season he was one of our best players. Um, he in the run to the Champions League final, he played well in the Champions League final as well, even though we lost. Um, I think he's he's got quality. He's quick. He can't really cross but that's not really relevant he I feel like he has got tendencies that kind of let him down a bit and I feel like defensively he's been stronger stronger than ever though in this past few years defensively he's been strong um I think yeah I mean like he, he hasn't he hasn't saved anyone from being stabbed but okay well well, well done Kalasinac you saved Ozil from being stabbed well done let's give you a round of applause so um, how many Spurs players have saved other players lives yeah, I mean, I don't, not, none yet. Wow, as far as I know, actually, I mean, Kane's probably saved multiple lives because he's just he's just a great guy. Um, but yeah, I, I think as as a footballer, nothing else, not not even just this sort of social media personality that the Klasnach has created. Um, Rose is a better footballer than Klasnach and Tierney, 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 yeah. And then I mean, the the defense is pretty much mostly Tottenham. Um, as you move into the midfield, there is slightly more debate as when you play in a four three three as to who to put who to put where. So the in that four three three, the two defensive midfielders, um, I think it's comfortably. Are we doing two defensive midfielders? Or two CM defensive midfielders, sort of one point, however you want to play them. I think comfortably. I think personally, I don't know how anyone can disagree with this. It's Torreira and I'd say Ndombele. But I don't know how anyone can agree anyone else plays in those two positions. Um, you somehow think that, that um, Sissoko or Ali, Ali, Ali I think should is, play there? Ali, I think, because of his, his goal-scoring stats. stats, stats Last stats. year, they weren't that impressive. Last though, year, right? I think if there's the stats of about um, before 2023 compared to Lampard, Beckham, Gerrard, all these top English midfielders, um, Ali has scored. I think uh, if you look at his career stats playing for Tottenham, He's he's his in his best season twenty some twenty something goals and he's 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 a he's a better footballer in my opinion than Torreira. They obviously play slightly slightly different positions, so it's, it's not really last season his stats aren't that impressive. Exactly. No, last season was 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 a little bit of an off season for him, um, and also as he played further back in 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 parts of the season towards. Well, this is what we're talking though. That's the sort of role that you've been playing but, in a team like this. Yeah, but you you could I mean if you could if we play I think we play we're playing Ericsson and Ali in this team, but you can switch them around as to which one plays further back and which one plays further forward. I don't know how opinion. you can disagree with Torreira because, because I, I think, think Ali's scores more goals. Is better, better goal scorer. He's better. 
Um, I don't know how you... Jack has a better goal scorer than... Jack has scored last one less goal than Ali last year in the league. Last, last season, as a, as a footballer. Ali, Ali had an off-season last year. If you look at Ali at his best, which we were... off-seasons are a thing. You yeah, can't... Seasons, players, not, 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 not off-careers, not, not have, having a bad career in Ali's general. career is not that long. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty long considering he's, he's been around for four years and that's so um, well, He's only 23, so... Yeah, we signed him at 19. Um... He he um wait eighteen maybe I think but he he know he's he he's had some phenomenal goal scoring stats stats he is a top top player I think that yeah I think he can play further back as well um and then so the other the third midfielder though if you want to say just a midfield three I think I don't think you can put Ali and Ericsson in it so that's why I think Torreira is comfortably if you want to say Ali over Ericsson maybe because Ericsson is the other player that gets into that team I think as as a third midfielder. Um, if you want to say Ali over Ericsson, maybe that makes sense. But I don't think if you're playing a three, you can't play Ali and Ericsson there. Um, I think you can work it out with with playing one 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 further back and one further forward or, or and rotate that sort of. And I think anyway, Torreira is comfortably, but he's comfortably better than most than half the, than these players anyway. Not Ali. Um, I, I think he is. In my in my personal opinion, I think Saka is better than him. So now the front three. Um, I think the first question is who plays on the right. If you're playing as a winger. And on the right, I think Pepe gets in because he's better than Lucas. And so the main question is, can you play Son think, on the I right? The, I think the, the the real question when you ask about how good a footballer is is how many Champions League semi final hat tricks he scored. Um, <laughs> and uh, sadly, the answer for, for Pepe is zero, and the answer for Lucas is one. Sorry, it's Lucas. Lucas is better. Um, <laughs> but so the question really is: is is Pepe better than Son as a right winger? Because I think on the left, Aubameyang easy, easy play. Because I think. If you're playing with this team, Kane's up front, even though you could argue Aubameyang over Kane, because based on just, just based on the, his this career stats and all that, I would argue that Kane actually doesn't have the stats over Aubameyang. Maybe as a player you would think that, but based just purely on the stats, Aubameyang, 83 minutes per goal, slash assist, since he's joined, his, over the past five years in the Bundesliga, um, better than Kane per minute. His, Aubameyang's at 90.1, Kane's at 94.1. 90, sorry, 98.1. So, um, over the past... I, I, you, you, it's very simple to say about me is better, but I think it's, it's only fair to put him on the left um, because Lacazette is not as good as Kane, I would say. It's quite I, just, I just to say, say that. that is not better than Kane. Okay, but so just based on the current stats we've got, maybe in the future he can be, but I'm just saying, as of the it's current stats the future. we've got. Anyway, we're putting Aubameyang on the left... Um, we're putting Kane up front. You're not. I don't know how you can argue that Son's better than Aubameyang. I'm arguing that Son's better than Pepe. Um, if you, but as a, the only reason I'm saying Aubameyang over uh, Pepe over Son is as a winger, as a right winger. As a winger, you can play on, no, on, no, no, on no, the side. I, I, I understand that you want to say Son over Pepe, but as a right winger, I would put. As a winger, you can play on the side. Wingers, put, the, wingers are, can are interchange. But you just look um, at how Liverpool function and how they've got. A right-footed left winger and a left-footed right winger. They can have them switchy. No, but I, I think the wingers, wingers are interchangeable in terms of they can play on the left and the right. Um, and and with Liverpool specifically, you mentioned Liverpool. Um, Salah can Salah plays in the left or switch, switch, switches around with Mane when when they're trying, trying to change it. it, it when they're trying to uh, change it or confuse the defense, it's it play, wingers can play. Sonny can play anywhere across that front three pretty much. He play he can play a strike. He can play at left wing. Play at right wing. Um, and I think when you look at stats again for Sonny, he, he's he's got twenty goals. I think twenty goals plus for the past three seasons um, in a good league, not in a farmers league. Um, whereas uh, Pepe has done one season. You mean like in Dombele? 
Pepe has done one season in the Ligue 1. You mean like in Dombele? Pepe has done one season in the French League. Um, you and, mean like in Dombele? And I think that Sonny, has, 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 uh, his stats are significantly better in a better league. Okay, but I understand. I think Son, though, for me, is the best player to miss out. So, so yeah, so that's the team. Um, to quickly run through it, in goal... Dugo Lloris, right-back Hector Bellerin, centre-backs Alderweireld and Vertonghen, left-back Danny Rose, the midfi- three midfielders Torreira and Dombele, Eriksson, and the front three of Pepe, Aubameyang, Kane. So that's our 11. Um, and so, yeah, so now we're going to move on. So the hero of the week this week is Raheem Sterling. Um, he, they played the Community Shield this week, Liverpool between Man City, and Liverpool booed as much as they wanted, Liverpool booed as much as they could. Um, the national anthem, the players, um, a blue moon, uh, uh, and Raheem Sterling was specifically targeted. He did score in the game, the opener, uh, so he kind of got his own back there. But overall, um, he he was lovely after the game. He took photos with Liverpool fans even after the abuse he got, and I think it shows um, a great strength, you could say, for us to kind of. To not really worry about that, and he's faced a lot of hatred in the past. Uh, so I think it was lovely to see him taking photos with the fans. As for villain of the week, so for the villain of the week, there was really no competition. As soon as I, as I saw this this story, I thought they're, they're, they're clearly just full out disgusting. Um, Malcolm has signed for Zenit Saint Petersburg from Barcelona. He's been linked to a lot, lots of lots of Premier League clubs, but that isn't the main point of this story. Um, Zenit St. Petersburg fans in his first game, I think it was, um, had a banner up saying, thank you for the leadership and loyalty to traditions, um, as they think that uh, Zenit, Zenit, Zenit St. Petersburg signing a black player um, was not along with it, with, with, with their traditions. Um, and I think that's just for that disgusting, um, how they don't, allow, they, they don't, they don't uh, allow black players to play for their club. I mean, we, we've, we've gone past this, it's, it's, it's racism's, been dealt with it's, it's no longer an argument it's uh it's just like, full of disgusting like they've had history in the past where fans have behaved badly and they've been given they've been given punishment for it and i, I think UEFA should give them a punishment for it yeah i, I think yeah I, I think i mean it's, I, I don't know the, the exact punishment they should give i think the punishment they should be given is a they should play some matches behind closed doors i think that's only fair the fans can't behave like that and that's a fair punishment to give them it doesn't affect the players doesn't affect the club specifically, but it shows the fans they can't behave the way they do. Um, that seems appropriate. Um, I think that we have to mention in the letter that the Zenit, Zenit uh, fan group wrote. They said um, they that they started it with with we are we are not racist, but which is a classic um, thing that racists say. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they, yeah, I think they they finished the letter. They continued the letter with saying. Um, we're we're not racist, but the ab- the absence of black players is, is an important tradition, emphasising the, the the identity of the club and nothing more. I think this is just full of just it's just <laughs> disgusting, honestly. But they, also the thing is they they've had black players playing for them in the past. They've had uh, Hulk, who's one one of their best players, who's now left. But he, like, it's just disgusting. I think they're fed up. Two black players is too much. It's, it's unbelievable. I have seen incidents similar. Not no nowhere near as bad as this uh, at football games. Um, I think last year at the um, the Tottenham Ajax game in the semi final of the Champions League, um, some people behind me were abusing uh, Onana, the Ajax goalkeeper. Um, 
quite racist in my opinion. But the, the real problem is that the play, fans who abuse players with a few abuse opposition back black, black players don't realise that their own club has black players. Several of them, especially Tottenham. We've got Danny Rose, we've got Tangi and Dumbele, we've got top, top players. I think that it just shows how stupid and, 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 and just not thought through it. It's just an, an impulse reaction. Racism really is. And they are the villains of the week with no competition. Um, that so that is the this this week's podcast. Please follow us on our, our Twitter, Instagram at at, at Podcast. Please rate us five star on iTunes. Um, it is really appreciated and really helpful as well. Really helpful to to, to get get the podcast out. Um, and thank you for listening. Sol Campbell is a Judas traitor, and see you next week. Come on, come on, come on. Yes!